Christmas episode of Video Vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. And Jessica. And uh, before we kind of get into the Christmas festivities, uh, what did you watch recently? Without spoiling, because I know one thing you saw. (laughs) I won't. All right, so first I'll start. I saw The Darkest Hour, which is the uh, Winston Churchill movie. And Gary Oldman is one of my favorite actors. He is just so great. And there are times where, like, you know, he's so that character that you forget um, what he is and who he looks like and how he sounds. Because then that, that makes a good actor. But uh, he was great. It was, I don't want to say it was like, it was just about this one time period. Like, basically Winston Chur- Churchill's, like, rise to... This one you can spoil. I'm not... Well, it's it, everyone knows what happened, but it's just a short period of time. It's, like, just within, like, a few months of him, like, coming into the political office uh, where he was. And then... Basically to um, start war, you know that's why they needed him. Right. Uh, so that's it's just that time period. That's it. Nothing before or after. Um, but he's great, and I I can't remember who directed it, but there are like some pieces that are just like when he picks up the telephone and like it like turns all red and it's just a close up on his eyes. Like I do like that dramatic type of effect. Um, I thought it was really good, but it was just kind of long. Um, and then I saw Star Wars. Which I really liked. A lot of people um, who saw it, I feel like, are 50-50 on it. Like, they either love it or they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. Like, there are some really corny parts, but they always there always was in Star Wars. Right. Like, corny, cheesy, you know. Um, I like that it kept you entertained. It's two and a half hours, so I feel like it, it like, kind of went by pretty fast. Sure. Um, everyone is so good in it, and you are constantly reminded how much you like these people. Um, like Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray. Right. Oh, Adam Driver is, is great, and he, like, Mark Hamill is not that good of an actor. I, that's insane, but um, he's a great actor. But I love Adam Driver, man. Uh, he's just great, and he's, like, great and dramatic, but he doesn't lose it in the corniness. He's, like, very much the, you know. What else have you seen Mark Hamill in, though, that you don't think he was good in? ever been a good of an actor. You didn't think he was good in the Village of the Damned remake? <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Um, uh, dude, I just, like, he's just, I don't think he was ever a good actor, but I like him. He's likable, you know? There's a lot of actors that are not good, but you still kind of like them anyway. I think he's... Like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, I think Keanu... Okay. I think Keanu Reeves is good, just depends on what he's playing. I mean, I've seen him play some... Like, he was great in Neon Demon. Um, that's, I guess, subject, but he... What do you mean? He's, I don't know. He's a, he I don't plays think he's a, great. Okay, he's in real, in real life, he's like a really nice guy, right? Yeah, that's why you like him. Hold on, hold on. Really nice guy in real life, but in Neon Demon, he plays such a piece of shit, right? Yeah. He plays it well. You think, you're thinking, what a piece of shit. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying he should do Shakespeare, ever, <laughs> or Dracula, but... Uh, my own private Idaho. Um, yeah, he's good. And same with Mark Hamill. It's not that he, I, I I don't think Mark Hamill's amazing. He's not Gary Oldman. Yeah. But I think if you give him the right part, he's. I mean, Village of the Damned. I thought he was great. And 
That movie I was telling you about, not last time, but the time oh, before yeah. that, Body Bags, the John Carpenter one, um, he's in the Toby Hooper segment. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill. And he's the Joker. I mean, he's great. Um, but uh, I'm glad you're not going to spoil Star Wars because no. I still haven't seen it. I, I just, you know, the whole opening weekend thing. It's hellish. Right. And, like, also, I, I miss waiting for Star Wars. Like yeah, but it, I mean, still, it's been what last year since we had Rogue One. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and now we're gonna have a new Star Wars movie, whether it's part of the, like the main story or not. Every year, it's like I, I just it's I money maker. I know, it's but more apparent than usual, I guess. I know. Well, yeah, it's always been about making money, but I think it's about like getting it out there as quickly as possible. And it's just yeah, rather I'm, than I'm getting inundated with like it's like comic book movies too. It's like a new one comes yeah. out, I'm just like I don't have the the energy for it. And, like, also, I work over in Hollywood and Highland. We're, like, right by the El Capitan. So, like, for those who don't know, the El Capitan Theater is owned by Disney. Yeah. So, like, you know, they do the whole, like, big premieres, like, right by the Chinese Theater or El Capitan. Mm-hmm. And the traffic, like, the foot traffic. Oh, it's so bad. It's, like, those little things that ruin, like, the excitement for you where you're just, like, fuck it, I don't care. Like, Rogue yeah. One, I will admit, last year when they had an X-Wing parked on the... Yeah. And I was like really, I, I was yeah. late to work because mm-hmm. I actually got off the wrong stop and I walk up the stairs and I'm like, oh shit, I got to get back on the train. But the second I walk out, I just see a giant X-Wing and I just called my work and I was like, I'm going to be very late. <laughs> and uh, I just walked from, you know, the rest of the way, but it was awesome. But I just, I, I'm, I'm so exhausted, you know, but I, I do want to see yeah. it. And plus like, I don't know, like uh, opening crowd audiences like it depends on what you go see but sometimes they can just drive me up the fucking wall yeah so. they there's definitely so i went you know a little bit later i still went opening weekend right. but we went earlier and even still there were there were some in the crowd the one that like which is fine because i get that type of movie but someone actually yelled out like why isn't anyone cheering and it's like shut up man because we're trying to watch the movie yeah no like, shit. That's why we came at this time, you know? <laughs> right. I'm going to go see it on, like, I'm going to go to a matinee in a few days, like, yeah, when I'm off from work, where I can mm-hmm. just, like, you know, nobody's going to be in the theater, it's just going to be me, and I can have my own Star Wars experience. I grew, I loved, I grew up on Star Wars, I, like, dressed up as Luke, I wore dressed up as Did an you? Ewok, yeah, my, my first Halloween <laughs> costume was as an Ewok, uh, and then my fourth Halloween, I was Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, and, like, that's cool. we would go to, like, my... You know, the woman who was, like, basically my grandmother when I was a child, like, you know, whenever I'd go over there, like, I'd be like, I want to watch Star Wars. And they had all these tapes, right? But they didn't mm-hmm. know what I was talking about when I said I just want to watch Star Wars. They didn't know if I was talking about Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back yeah. or Return of the Jedi. So they would just grab one and pop it in. And I always wanted to watch Return of the Jedi because that was my favorite at the yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So I watched them all out of order. So I'd be like, you know, I one, one time I'd go to visit and I'd see Return of the Jedi. And I'd be like, yes, this is the one I want to watch. And I'd watch it. And then, you know, it's a happy ending. And then the next time I'd go there, I'd watch Empire Strikes Back. Like, wait, his hand's cut off now? Like, what's going on? So, um, you know, but I I watched it so much. I had all, I mean, I've always said if I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and tell little me, like, hey, I know you want to open these toys. Because I had the the old, old toys. Like, I had the old toys where, like, you know, the lightsaber was part of their, like, arm. You had to push it out. And um, I'd be rich. Yeah, you would. Yeah, so... Um, I love Star Wars, but just, that's why it's so sad to me that I'm not, like, yeah, but it's, like, it's, it has nothing to do with the reviews, it has nothing to do with, like, anything, it it's just has just, to do with, the, like, the exhaustion from, like, 
all the the hoopla. hoopla and and I just again like I was saying the other day to somebody like I remember when 1989 Batman I saw mm-hmm. it in the theater and it felt like it took almost a year for that to come out in video. So by the time yeah. it came out on video, I was so I had already seen the theater, but by the time but when I got on video, I was so excited that I must have like I mean we tried watching that VHS like a year or two ago, like me and my girlfriend and Steve, oh, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, the quality is so bad, even for video." I'm like, "Yeah, because I watched it so much, <laughs> like it's so like yeah. staticky and blurry because it just the tape has just been through the ringer, you know." But th- that it's that buildup that I was always excited about, you know. Yeah. And Star Wars, I just after Rogue One, I was like. Fuck! Every fucking year we're gonna have a new Star Wars movie, and even that's killing me. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw the Disaster Artist, which oh, yeah. I needed to. I did. I I like. It's weird, because I feel very conflicted about why I liked it, and I I liked it because it's funny, and it's a good uh, like adaptation of this story. Yeah. But also, like this is why are we giving credit to this like weirdly abusive, like in denial of, like, whatever, like, alien. I mean, he's... Well, yeah. He's, he's funny, but, like, this, some of the scenes you're like, wow, this really happened probably like this, and that's disconcerting that he thinks that he can continually do this. But I think that's why people do celebrate it, is because you, you kind of nailed it. Like, The Room yeah. feels like a melodrama uh, written and directed by somebody who... Uh, isn't from this planet. Yeah. That has only, like, read about human beings. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so many things in the room that, like, have been dissected a million, million times. But, like, I love the fact that, like, nobody ever refers to Johnny and Lisa as each other's fiancé. It's your future husband or your future wife as if that's how human beings talk, you know? Yeah. Or, like, Mark yeah. tells this, like, horrific story about a girl being beat up. Because she was dating a bunch of guys. And he, and, and this is true. They showed it in the movie. Like, he can't, he wrote this line, but he can't understand that. That's not a funny story. Yeah. Like, it's but, fucked. It is. And so I think, uh, I, and I think also the thing too is that like the really important thing about The Room is that like, because I, I mean, we own it, you know, we watch yeah. it and we quote it all the time. It's like, but it's, you know, it's a really shitty movie. Really bad. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to say there's inspired moments in it. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. But like. It's funny, and it's, I enjoy watching that movie more than I would enjoy watching Transformers or um, some or Justice League. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, there's something about that that you kind of should celebrate that, like, even though this is so bad, it, it somehow makes people smile, you know, it makes yeah, people happy. Yeah, and it's bad, which is... <laughs> right, and it's, and, and that, I think that says something about, like, a movie, you know, when it can be so bad, but you can entertain... And still be talked about more than movies Anything, that yeah, yeah. I, can't, I mean what did that come out in two thousand two thousand one the original yeah. room I have a very hard time remembering what's come out in two thousand one or two thousand you know like uh, Mulholland Drive oh, that's yeah. the only thing I can really remember but like that's the kind of the point it's like we're still watching this movie and yeah and I liked the Disaster Artist because I didn't like any of the stuff where they're showing like the recreations of the scenes of the room just because it's one of those things where. That's funny as it is. I mean, they did wait until the... I know, but when they're like, yeah, I yeah. agree. But, like, I liked it more when, like, they were showing the, the story between Tommy Wiseau and, and Mark Sestero. Like, yeah. that stuff to me, or or Greg Sestero, that, that stuff to me was really funny. And, like, the whole stuff of him going on auditions and, like... I know that's... that He destroyed this guy's career, probably. Most likely. I met more Tommy Wiseau where they're, like, the whole, like... 
The whole idea of him wanting to deny the fact that he's from another country or another planet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they're like, is that an accent? He's like, no, what are you talking about? And then when they get him to try to read it again, it's just, that scene fucking floored me. Yeah. Um, It it cracked me up. I don't feel like Tommy Wiseau kind of falls into the same Ed Wood category, because, like, Uh you know, like, Tim Burton's Ed Wood, which kind of glossed over um, some of the nastier stuff, like the alcoholism and everything, but, like... There was something about Ed Wood's character that he was just so relentlessly, like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I've watched, I mean, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space is a garbage film. It is terrible. It's funny. It's just terrible. <laughs> but Glenn or Glenda, which people, which also gets put up there as, like, some of the worst movies, I think Glenn or Glenda is actually really good. I just uh-huh. think that it wasn't the right time period for that movie. So people were yeah. kind of, like, thrown, you know, it, it, people were, were mistaking something that was kind of ahead of its time for just something that was bad. But I've watched Glenn or Glenda, I'm like, this isn't as bad as people think. It's actually kind of like a cool, like, surreal, yeah. you know, um, story about identity, you know? But um, I liked Disaster Artist. I just wasn't... Uh, I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was very funny. I yeah. thought James Franco, who I usually... Hate? I don't hate him. <laughs> I just... I don't hate him either. I just don't like him as much as... He gets credit for? Uh, yeah, I think I think he gets credit for being a you know one of those people who's like I'm a weird dude and but it's kind of yeah. like how you feel about Shia LaBeouf you know like I don't like him yeah but that's true I think he gets more credit for being weird and wacky mm-hmm. and uh, but I think you know James Franco did a really great job directing and acting in it and his brother is one of those people that I'm always like I kind of like him like I've always kind of I know they're likable but you hate yourself for liking him. yeah I agree with that. But I really liked his brother in it. I thought it was, like, the best performance he's ever done. And, uh, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed uh, The Disaster Artist a lot. I was It was nice to see some of the people that popped up. Like, the like not, like, so much Judd Apatow, but more of, like, oh, that's Melanie Griffith. Yeah. You know, it made me happy because... Um, what else is she doing? I've been, a, I've been on a huge Melanie Griffith kick for, like, six months now where I'm just, like... I'm like, holy shit, Melanie Griffith was in her, in her prime yeah. in the 80s was knockout gorgeous and she's actually a good actress like she plays like she was one of those actresses that was like on her looks alone she could have just done whatever but she actually picked roles that were like that's different you know Mm -hmm. like so it was nice to see like her show up and and Sharon Stone showing up for like a hot minute like Mm -hmm. literally a minute um maybe a less for screen time but um you know it's one of those things where I always get tired of, like, James Franco and all those guys. Like, we're making movies with our friends. And I'm like, yeah, but some of them aren't that good. This yeah. one was good. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. So I, I saw that, and I enjoyed that. And I, I'm going to go see Star Wars this weekend. and Yeah. You know? See it. This week. See it. Yeah. It's, like, one of those movies that deserves to be sat in a theater. Oh, for sure. It's huge. Like... If you just want to pass time and see a huge movie, then, like, go see it. By the time this episode comes out, I will have seen it. And I probably will have seen it twice, because I know my family's going to want to see gonna, it for Christmas. I know, I want to see it anyway. Oh, yeah, I want to see A Phantom Thread. It's Daniel Day-Lewis' last I know, movie. but it's, like, I don't know. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, I was just talking about it at yeah. work the other day, and how much I, you know, we were all just going to... I was saying how Boogie Nights is one of those movies that you always forget how great it is until yeah. you're watching. And then you're watching, and you're like, this movie is... Amazing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited because like this, like December, January is when all the stuff that I ordered, well, no, all the stuff that I ordered like a lifetime ago is finally happening. Like Uh the Suspiria 4K that, uh, Synapse Films did, uh, because we saw that in the theater. It looks so good. It's beautiful. It's like seeing another movie. 
You know, really? even, you no matter how many times you've seen Suspiria, watching that that cut, you're like, it was yeah, it was it was gorgeous, phenomenal. So I'm excited about that coming in the mail, and then uh, yeah, I mean a lot of cool stuff. I mean as far as like collecting stuff, like Night, Night of the Living Dead is getting a Criterion release. Damn. Yeah. That's awesome. It is, and they're also they're adding a work print of a like, of the original work print in the film, which is supposed to be slightly different. Oh, cool. Who knows? But um, I'm. Pretty excited to see that movie restored and uh, yeah. the basket case. It's just it's gonna be a good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked. How many? How many one? How many of the copies do you own? About? I own that on VHS. Yeah. Regular DVD, Blu-ray. Um, God, if anybody can find a laser disc, I I will own it. <laughs> I truly love that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, and I, I got this one just because like the all the stuff that's gonna be in there like. Uh, Frank Hennenlotter shot a sequel to it. Like, really? They, I mean, there's there's sequels of Bass Case. There's two and three, but he shot a, like, whatever happened to Dwayne Bradley, uh-huh. like, thing. And it's, like, got the original actor who plays Dwayne, and uh-huh. Frank Hennenlotter shot it recently, and it's just, like, a three, five-minute short film. Really? It just kind of, like, lets you know what happened That's to the funny. character. Yeah, you know, and then it's got short films of his, and, and on there, it's going to be on the DVD, and, like, he's one of those directors that always kind of downplays, like, how good he is. Like, he's yeah. always, like... Yeah, I mean, I just make movies, you know, and I'm like, no, you don't just make movies. You make amazing movies. Like, <laughs> give yourself a break. Like, nobody could come up with Frank and Hooker except for this guy. <laughs> and um, and so, like, for him, you know, I always, I always feel like he's downplayed himself way too much, and, and he's actually a really, like, he's not an idiot. When you watch Basket Case, and I know some people get turned off by, like, his movies, but you watch his movies, and yes, they're crudely done. Yeah. But there's somebody smart making them. Like, you can see it, you know? Um, and so I'm excited about that, but speaking of Christmas, yeah, um, the holiday spirit, I got to open my Christmas present from my girlfriend, which was yeah. that with the thing board game. I want to play that. Me too. We're going to play it. We Let's are. We'll talk up. about it. Yeah. We need to get like at least four to eight we'll people. We'll talk about it after the, we finish the game. Absolutely. Sure. It's so, and it's cool cause you can play as like every character in the, like really? they, every character is represented, you know, like, um, that's cool. That's really cool. So, um. You know, I can see everybody fighting over who's going to be... Yeah, obviously. Kurt Russell, you know, McCready. But, like, hey, I was a fan of Tom Waits. Not the singer, but the <laughs> actor in it. Uh, I was a fan of Childs, like Keith David. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different there's options. There's a lot to fight over. Yeah, there is. It's um, going to be really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I just know what I'm getting for Christmas. Like, I'm getting uh, that Twin Peaks, The Return. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, Steve Sears, who, you know, we used to, he used to come over every Sunday to watch The Return with me, and we were like, man, when this comes out on Blu-ray, we should just, like, watch it all in one continuous, what, 18, 17, 18 19 hour stretch? Yeah. And so that's going to happen sometime, where we're just going to sit and pop it wow. in. Wow. No, I mean, that's how just you... Just burn through it. Yeah, see, Mark Frost was like, you shouldn't want, you shouldn't binge watch it. I'm like, dude, I think the way that movie, that show was shot, mm-hmm. you need a bit. It's like an 18, it's like an 18, 19 hour movie that's yeah. just, like, breaks. I love it. I loved it. I know people hated it. Some people hated it. I loved that show. I love that remake or that reboot or the the return, whatever you want to fucking call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, X Files is coming out, which I know you're not excited about, but I mean that's cool. It is cool. It is cool. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much that was pretty much my Christmas gift. So yeah, I was like, that's cool. I wanted you know the board game and I wanted that blue that Blu-ray set, but. Um, yeah, and then most of the Christmas shop, and then you know, cr- Christmas shopping, which sucks because like I always like 
you know, I was saying this to you the other day, like, one for you, one for me, yeah. you know? It's like, I can't yeah, like, go Christmas oh, shopping without... Uh, I should buy one for myself as a Christmas gift to myself. Or something, you know? It's like... A holiday season... Well, I'm ordering this thing me. for somebody. I might as well order <laughs> something for myself, you know, just because, like, what am I going to get a <laughs> chance to do? the minimum. Yeah. I get a break on shipping. Right. Yeah, yeah. So... That's uh, it. We're just time to consume. It's so hard. Yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, but we watched... Oh, uh, we watched uh, Black Christmas. Yeah, which I kind of am mad that I've never seen this before. Yeah, um, me too. And, like, I, you know, I realized watching, I was like, oh, I have seen bits and pieces of this. But it was mm-hmm. 1974. Uh, Bob Clark, who um, directed uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and yeah. Death Dream, which was also called, um, oh, God, what is it called? Death, uh, Dead by Night. Uh, I saw that one. Well, he did Turk 182. Yeah, too, and he also is- did a, a Christmas Story. Yeah, that's so weird. And then he's done complete shit. Well, he did Porky's after that. Well, like in the nineties. Yeah, like Baby Geniuses. Yeah. But he worked with Alan Ormsby, who uh, wrote or helped write um, "Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things" and helped write "Death Dream." Also Uh wrote, and and Bob Clark didn't direct it, but he produced uh, "Deranged," which was uh, about um, Ed Gein. It was in the seventies. Oh yeah. It starts the guy and Christine. That uh-huh, that sells yeah. in the car, yeah, and the <laughs> the neighbor from uh, Home Alone, and then he um, he produced again uncredited, but he was a producer on Popcorn. Oh, which was supposed to be directed by Alan Ormsby. Yeah. So it all kind of comes together. But uh, what a cast! I I really liked it. Yeah. I really I might have loved it, but it sucks because I, I now I'm mad that I was like, wow, I waited this long to see this movie. It actually creeped me out. It scared me, and I hate I hate. Those type of voices. Like, I would be the scared if someone called me, like, modern day cell phone. I could trace it back. If someone started making that noise, I'd be like, stop. Stop talking about Billy. Like, it's, oh, it's, it freaked me out, actually. It was, uh, it was really good. Yeah. And, um, I don't want to ruin it, but the beginning scene. Um, yeah. The first kill, you could sure. say. Uh, that scares me so much because she notices and then, like, that creeping thing that you're just walking towards like right. your own death like it's great it's very uh, so this was a you know this was a, like kind of like one of the first modern slashers yeah um that doesn't get a lot of credit i mean halloween and Car- carpenter openly admitted that he pulled a lot from black christmas when he was making halloween um a lot of it like the killer pov shots you know yes yeah um, those are creepy very creepy um, I like we, the one eye yeah absolutely and um so it's a sorority house around christmas time in canada um, and one, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty standard one by one. They're getting, well, they're not only are they receiving weird phone calls, but they're getting picked off by, um, a killer. Yeah. Like a psycho killer. Yeah. And, uh, we got a really great, um, cast. Uh, you got Olivia Hussey who plays the lead. She plays Jess. She was in, um, Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, uh-huh. which I feel like everybody had to watch. At least not in everybody. School? In school. Yeah. We had to watch that Romeo and Juliet in English class. And then, um. She was in Stephen King's It, the TV oh, movie. Yeah. Um, Art Hindle, who played um, the first victim's boyfriend, he was uh, the guy who was in The Brood. He yeah. Was in, and he showed up in The Void. Yeah. And he was in the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I like him oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot of Canadian actors. I think Olivia Hussey's British, but Margot Kidder. Yeah. Who is the oh, to me is well, the Canadian like... yeah the Canadian Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Like they if you sometimes I've seen them in stuff like seen them in interviews and I'm like. Wait, who is that? Is that Carrie Fisher or is that Margot Kidder? Because yeah. they're both, they both have that weird, like, s- kind of 
voice now, you know, yeah, or they did Carrie like, Fisher, you know, like, um, but yeah, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And she was also in Brian De Palma's Sisters, and uh, I love Margot Kidder. She was in, she's in the, um, she's in a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Margot Kidder is like in a bunch of stuff, but I really love her in this movie because she plays, she plays the type of girl that I would have been in love with in like at that age. Yeah, you she, know, she super bitchy, some, super yeah, drunk, yeah, uh, super like you know always talking about sex, and I was yeah. just like, man, Foxy Margot Kidder. Um, I always pronounce this guy's name wrong, but uh, I think it's Kier Dolia, the guy who plays Olivia Hussey's boyfriend, who was also in Two Thousand and One. Yes, um, David. <laughs> da- yeah, and this he plays a guy named Peter in this one. Uh, we'll get, get get into a few scenes with him in a second, but uh, John Saxon, who I don't think. Aside from Enter the Dragon, um, I don't think I've ever seen him not play a cop. Really? Oh, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. in uh, in, a, in a, there's an Argento film where I think he plays like a literary agent. Uh-huh. But um, I mean, John Saxon, fame. I I always think of Nightmare on Elm Street as yeah. the father and and the the chief or sheriff or whatever. Uh, but he shows up in this as a, as another cop. He was in From Dusk Till Dawn. For two yeah. minutes as a cop, yeah, um, or a, tech, a police official, um, you know. So a few things going on with it. Oh, and then Andrea Martin, who played Phil, like the kind of mousy one, she oh, was yeah. in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and she was also in the remake of Black Christmas, which oh, came out there was a few years. A remake? Yeah, it had uh, the girl from uh, I think, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe I'm confusing with the April Fool's remake, but I, I'm pretty sure I had the girl from... Uh, April Fool's remake? Yeah. They had I the, don't know any of this. It had the girl from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh. I oh, wa- her. Yeah. She might have been in both, but I know she was in the April Fool's one. Yeah. I didn't bother with the Black Christmas remake. No. Um But yeah, nice This little, movie is so good. Yeah, it's kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, we have a really great... Uh, there's a really good subplot about, um, you know, Olivia Hussey's character yeah. tells her boyfriend, like... BT dubs, uh, I'm pregnant, I'm yeah. gonna have an abortion, and he's like, What? Yeah. You can't I'm make that decision you. without yeah. me. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what to do with your body. And then he gets very aggressive, like, You're having this baby. And it's like, Bitch, no, He beats I'm up not. a piano. Yeah. Um, aggressive. But yeah, and then he, yeah, it very, very, uh, kind of interesting thing to think about in 1974, where like, you know, it wasn't, uh, I don't know, you don't see many movies where they talk about like, a character being like, I'm going to get an abortion yeah, and I'm like doing this. Up, yeah, I'm getting an abortion. It's usually something like an effect of something, you know, it's like, I got to get an abortion or I got to do this. Where this character's like flat out being like, I'm doing this and yeah. go so fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a really, uh, I don't know, the cops in this fucking movie are... So stupid. I'm like, regular... Uh, no, there's one that's particularly useless. Yeah, like, like doopy. The one that you say, hey, don't do this. Like, don't tell them that the call's coming from inside the house. It's coming from inside the house! Yeah, exactly. Which I, it's another thing I like. It's too, well, now it's been overused, but again, this was 74, but they definitely use the Twilight Zone, like, it's coming from inside the house. Oh, yeah, the urban legend. But I love that because it's still scary. Oh, yeah. And uh, they did it so well. And also, like, sorority slashers, which this might have been the first you I think this was, yeah. Um, Which is so cool because it's, it's still really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, like, the ultra 70s vibe, like, I loved it. It's not that, it, it's not that gory either, so I think it's No, like, it's not. I, I like that you didn't see the, chi- uh, the... Killer? Yeah. Um, I liked also that they didn't show... Yeah, it's kind of hard to spoil the movie, because we don't, we, you know, flat out, we, 
Yeah. We never, we never see the guy, so. Yeah. You just see his eye. Yeah, and that's the one thing I'll say is that the, there's some of the shots in this movie. Like, there's that one shot of where that uh, that girl, Phil, mm-hmm. is like she's... Um, or no, maybe it's Olivia Hussey. Olivia Hussey opens the door and she sees Margaret Kidder and the other girl. Yeah. And, the and then she looks up and you can see, like, in the crack of the door, you can yeah. see the guy's eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's really creepy. Yes. Um, the point of view shot, or the... the I think one of the things... With that, the hands. With the hands. And Ooh. one of the things that's really great is the editing. Like, Dude, it was so scary. Like, that part where she finally... Where he's like... I'm just going to ruin it. Yeah. Whatever. If you don't want to hear what happens in Fast Forward or something. Yeah, But uh, when he's like, he's inside the house, and she looks up, and it's like, he runs across the hallway, and you only see the very top of his, like, feet Oh, movement. God, yeah. It's so scary. It's so scary. It was. It was really creepy. And then, like, there's a, um, there's also this, uh, there's that subplot of um, the, the, some teenage girl getting murdered, right? So yeah, they have that's, that, yeah, they had, which is creepy. Where they didn't show her, but it was still like, yeah, so you it never, was horrific. You never see the girl's body in like the water, you know, in the water. You see the search party all reacting. And then right when the mom of the child sees like the, and she starts to scream, you, edit, yeah. you cut right to like a telephone ringing. And it's like, that's some pretty fantastic editing. Cause it like, I was yeah. like, holy shit. Um, the music by um, Carl Zit- Zittrer. Mm-hmm. Um, was really, oh, even the clock ticking and the, yeah. oh, very minimal, yeah, very minimal, I but really it. effective. And there was also, it was so good that it blended in with a lot of sounds. Like there was moments where I was like, I thought you had like this, the most amazing stereo system. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, there's a sound right behind me. You're like, you know, I think it's some people like upstairs or like on rollerblades or something like that. Rollerblades. I thought that's what you said. Roller skates, the same. Yeah. Same okay. difference. Yeah, you know, we went back to 1990 um, something and But still, yeah, it is the the subtle uh background noises are really scary. Yeah. This, um I really loved it. Yeah, and then Mrs. Mack who is like this the house mother who's like this awesome oh, like this great character. This great like alcoholic who's got booze stored everywhere in the house. <laughs> like the funny thing is there's one part where she like pulls a book out, and she's got, like, a bottle-shaped <laughs> cut of a... Funny thing is, I did that in high school. No, really? uh, I did, I did. Um, I don't remember if it was booze or it was something else I shouldn't have had, but, like, I remember doing it... Because there was plenty of places I could have hid. I did hide stuff. Yeah. But I think I did it just because I wanted to do it. Because you see it in movies so many times where somebody, like, pulls a book out yeah, and you open there's... it, and it's, like, perfectly shaped in the... So, um, yeah, I, I, I loved that character. It was really... She was the one that I was like between, you know, to be honest, like as much as I don't I it's not that I didn't like any of these characters. I thought they were really um they're drawn pretty well. They're not like they don't have tons of depth. Yeah. But they're not like you're never bored and you never you're never happy to see them go. Like we were kind of like, Oh, yeah. there goes Mario Kidder. Oh, there goes this person because mm-hmm. they feel really real. Yes, they do. But I will say that I was really I was the two people I was really the most concerned with were Mrs. Mac. Yeah. Or and the cat. Oh, Cleo lives, though. Yeah. Um, was it Cleo or Claude? Claude. Claude. Cakes. Claudie Cakes, yeah. Um, he he makes it through, I think. I mean, you never really see, but... Yeah. Um, not a very gory movie, like I said. No, but it's still very... Yeah. Scary. Yeah, very scary. Like, that sh- the, the constant shots to the first victim, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the attic, is really, yeah. And I think that's the part that freaks me out the most about the movie, is that, um, again, spoiler... Um, the killer pretty much resides in their attic. Yeah, the you know? entire time. There's a story I heard about this uh, Japanese businessman who was, uh, and this is like only a few years ago, and he kept noticing things were missing from his house, <laughs> like food and stuff like that. I've heard this. Yeah, no, and it's it, and then he set up video cameras, 
and he saw a woman crawl out of like a cupboard. Yeah. And like eating his food. Like, and like the idea that somebody's in your place and you don't know yeah. it is absolutely terrifying to me. <laughs> I know. Um that they could be hiding. And I also think there was like I remember when I lived in Boston, these two girls I knew worked at a hotel and there was a guy who was doing that where he was just he wasn't doing anything weird. I mean, he yeah. was doing weird shit. He wasn't he wasn't killing anybody, but he was like hiding in closets, I think naked or something like that. And it's no! like there you go. Like you never know when you're gonna open a closet like a cabinet and door. See yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate it. But um, I do. I really think this movie uh, is really good. It was really ahead of its time. I can't believe it. I'm so mad that I've never seen this before. Yeah, and, and it, it's just like, a, it's, I never saw the remake. I don't need to see the remake no, because at this point. No, I don't ever want to see yeah, it. Yeah, but, oh, but the girl, like I said, the girl who played Phil, uh-huh. she plays the Mrs. Mac character or whatever in the remake. She plays the house Oh, mother. really? Yeah, so I think that's, that's kind of funny. funny. Um, but yeah, it was like that weird time period of like Canadian horror films, which were like really good. Like it yeah. wasn't like, this is kind of like the other side of the Cronenberg spectrum, you know, like yeah. they're not as, this is a little bit more straightforward and a little bit more, um, you know, visceral than, uh, I, I'd say cerebral, but, um, I, I really enjoyed this one and, and yeah. it, it, when you kind of look up about Bob Clark and you're like, man, this guy's been doing a lot. And he did a lot of like iconic stuff. Yeah. Like Christmas Story plays... 24 hours. Yeah, 24. I watch it probably over and over and over every Christmas Eve because it's kind of like... It's fantastic. I yeah. love Christmas Story. Um, it, I like that this is kind of like the other side of the Christmas coin for him. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> this dark movie. This really dark Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, I, I we, there's a lot of Christmas movies that... Horror films that take place on Christmas. There's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Which I feel... I'm glad we watched this one instead just because I feel like this is clearly the better choice. Gremlins, which is... I, I watched uh, it a few nights ago. Yeah, that's like... From when I was a kid, that's like my favorite. Yeah, and it's a great Christmas film. But then film. there's Die Hard. Well, it's not horror. Well, it, yeah, but that's the thing. Is like somebody made an argument to me, too. And, a lot of people died. Right, and like someone's like, you know, is Die Hard really a Christmas movie even though it takes place on Christmas? And I said to them, I was like, the only reason why Die Hard feels like a Christmas movie to me, aside from the, the it's a Christmas party, is... That he's traveling to from, like, east to, to west. Yeah. And for me, like, whenever I go away for Christmas, I have to travel. There's always that aspect of, like, a long flight. Yeah. So for me, it always does feel like that's kind of part and parcel of the Christmas, you know, is is traveling for the holidays. Yeah. And, and so, um, but I still, it's kind of like a, is it really a Christmas movie to me? Um, I, I, maybe. I mean, aside from the dead, the dead body in the elevator with the Santa costume. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, oh. Right. Yeah. Um, Better Off Dead, which I think is one of my favorite movies of, of all time. Is that Plus, a Christmas movie? There, it, it t- there's a chunk of it that takes place on Christmas. Oh, I think yeah. it's like, I think it takes I place on... Yeah, me too. Because um, I made a list of like Christmas movies, not just horror movies or yeah. whatever, but just to watch around this time. And I think I've burned through like three of them. Die Hard, you can't find I'm on like, anything. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of Christmas movies in general or just horror based. Uh, horror base is, is tough because, like I said, like, I think... I know. Um, you know... I, There's only so many. Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then, you know, Black Christmas There's and that Gremlins. new one that came out. Uh, Better Watch Out. Yeah. Which I heard is really good. I haven't good. seen it yet. I do really want to watch it. I heard it was really good. I heard it's really mean-spirited, which I... I saw that I like. Krampus. Yeah, good. Krampus, there you go. I saw that. That, uh, it wasn't bad. I thought it was good. It was creepy. People dig um, it. I did. I liked it. They had a great... I mean, the Haunted House for it at Universal Studios last year was fantastic. Really? On Christmas? 
No, they did yeah. it on on Univers- Halloween Horror Nights, but mm-hmm. none of us had seen the movies. So we were like, I don't know if this is even a really good like house based yeah. off of the movie or if it's just a really good house. But it was really fun. Um, but Krampus, I mean, like I, I it's funny because before that movie came out, I think two of our coworkers a year before that had invited me to a Krampus party. Really? Yeah, and it was like me and our friend Mike and and his girlfriend and uh-huh. a, a bunch of like gay bears oh. that were celebrating Krampus, and it was awesome. <laughs> Um, it was hilarious, but um, yeah, I really, I really dug Black Christmas, and yeah, it was really cool to see that cast. It's a good movie. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that you should get a Blu-ray player because that I was because Scream Factory did a great release of that apparently, and I looked at the the features and I was like, there's interviews with everyone except yeah. for maybe Margot Kidder. Go figure. Oh, didn't she die? No, she that, dead? that's Carrie Fisher. No, I know Carrie Fisher's dead. Uh, no, Margot Kidder's still alive. Okay. Um. I don't know. I don't know how she is because every time yeah. I see her in a movie, she's like, she's ripping cigarettes left yeah. and right. I'm like, how is she not fucking dead of cancer at this I know. point? But, like in Superman, she's like drinking Always, orange. Yeah, yeah. It's always great. got a cigarette. Yeah, um, big fan of Margot Kidder. Yeah, she was great in it. It was, I, it's a good movie. I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, great editing, great cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's just a movie that's way ahead of its time. Um, Cast is fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's it's very small, very self contained. It's it's a really solid Christmas movie, a Christmas horror film, and a horror movie in general. So, um, if you're looking for a movie that that you know kind of has that, if you're like, I want to yeah. watch something like Halloween, but that's not Halloween, Black Christmas, which yeah. was before Halloween, is fantastic, and uh, it really does. It makes you kind of go back and rewatch Halloween. And go, hey, there's a lot of stuff that that Carpenter kind of takes from. And I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way because he admits to it, but like, yeah. like the whole opening of Halloween is yeah. absolutely, yeah. So, um, and like the really kind of like the realistic, like that's one of the things I like about the original Halloween is that the, the Laurie's friends, you know, are, they're, they, I'm, they, I'm, they could have had more backstory, but they still yeah. feel real. Yeah. You know, they feel like the, oh, I know this person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm friends with this person. Like the friend who gives you shit about not asking your crush out or the girl who just wants yeah. to use your house to, like, get it on with her boyfriend. And <laughs> so I, I I feel like those characters are pretty prevalent in Black Christmas as well. Yeah. And they're worth, uh, it's worth checking out. So check it out on Shudder or on video or anything that you can get your hands on. And uh, if anybody finds a Laserdisc copy, if it exists, Laserdisc. a basket case. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, send it my way. And I don't think, does it exist? I don't think so. That would be really awesome if it did. I gotta look that up. I wonder if it does. But if it does, and somebody's listening to this, I would love a basket case. I don't have a laser player, but I will get one for that, just to see. Um, but other than that, I think that's our Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I don't think there's any Hanukkah horror films. Uh, oh my God, we should find some. Yeah. I, there has to be. Mm. I don't think so. Someone must have made one. I'm going to search. All right, you search, okay. and if you find it, we'll watch it. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll, you know. But in the meantime, have a Merry Christmas or Happy yeah. Holidays. Um, Until uh, 2018. Yeah, we'll be back in 2018 with a new episode and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye. Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight.
Rated R.